Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. This episode is brought to you by Holding Out Help. Holding Out Help is a nonprofit agency that provides those from a polygamous background with the care, support, and resources to become independent and self-sufficient. You see, it all began when the founder took in families being kicked out or choosing to leave this lifestyle, and sadly, they found that most came with just the clothes on their backs. They were uneducated, abused, and certain that they had lost their salvation. This family taking them in knew that more help was needed to be done, so they started holding out help in 2008. They now provide a safe place of healing with all the resources needed to help get people people back on their feet. The best gift they offer, though, is unconditional love. I love that. Now, you can get involved by watching their website and social media pages as they often post the most current needs there. You can go on to their website at www.holdingouthelp.org or onto their Facebook and Instagram pages at Holding Out Help. You can even call them at 801-548-3492. Again, that's holdingouthelp.org. Hello, my friend. I am getting ready to pack for a leadership retreat, and I'm so excited, but I'm packing away those books of of what am I going to read on the plane? What am I going to read in the downtime of the leadership retreat? And it got me thinking about leadership books that I have read that perhaps I could share with you that would help you in your leadership skills and development and even passing on to your team. So there are five books that I'm going to highly suggest to you, again, all on a different level of what you're looking for, what your goals are, and what the need is within your organization. And you can take a look at, at some of these different ones. So let's go ahead and just dive in. That first one is going to be one that I read at the beginning of my leadership. So back when I was in my my early 20s, and that would be the Fish Series. Now, have you ever been to the, the Pikes Peak Market? It's amazing. It's actually based off of this book, or this book is based off of the, the Pikes Peak Market, and that's in Seattle, Washington. And it's so fun to go there. They're just having a great time. They're tossing the fish around. And when you're there, you just feel caught up in that atmosphere of joy and fun and and the customer service that they provide. It's all top-notch. And they all capture that here in this book of the fish book, the fish series. Uh, A couple of things, especially you're going to find in this is one, it's going to help energize your team. Uh, Second of all, it's going to help increase that employee retention. And third is going to be to motivate your team to basically take pride in their work and transform that workplace, such as what Pikes Peak Market does in their atmosphere. Now, a couple of things that I like as far as quotes go from this book, one of them is it reminds us that we always have a choice in how how we do the work. We don't necessarily have a choice in the work that needs to be done. And what I mean by that, and what it probably means by that, is that there's always going to be those tasks that we don't enjoy. However, it's how we perform them, how we approach them, that can actually make it a lot of fun. I mean, even watching a fish being wrapped or tossed about there at the Pikes Market, it, it can be fun, and but yet such a tedious task for them. So it's taking some of those mundane tasks and really putting the, the fun into it, that you can actually create joy in your work, no matter the task that's involved. Another quote that it has in there that I really appreciate is, it says, I'm going to read it here, our quest for ideal work focuses us on the future 
And that's when we will miss the amazingly wonderful life that is available today in the moment. So instead of focusing on, okay, I I hate doing this, but I want to do this in the future, we're going to miss out on the joys of what we're able to do in the moment. So again, fish is a great one, really helps take that, that pride and ownership in whatever task your team might be doing. And just overall, beginning culture of of your organization. If you want more on this topic, there are some other Holly's Highlights podcast episodes that would be a good one, good ones to reference to. Season one, episode seven is the four tips of having a grateful heart. Uh, Actually, there's three of them because then there's season one, episode nine of six tips to avoid burnout. And then season two, episode 26 on how to have an attitude of gratitude. So all of those I would suggest as well as this book, the number one book of Fish. And again, it has three other, three books total, Fish, Fish Sticks, and I forget the other one. But anyhow, you can check that out. The other one, let's talk about that pride and ownership of your work, right? This has got to be my favorite leadership book of all time. Now you're going to kind of chuckle because it's nothing uh, major like extreme ownership or dealing with difficult conversations or anything like that. It, It is a fun one. And that is Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow. I love this book. I think that every organization needs to have every team member read this book. I absolutely am in love with this book. A couple of things here. One of the quotes, no such thing as perfect boss or perfect company. So if you're looking for either one, you're doomed to a life of disappointment. It really, again, picking up from that fish of whatever task you have, making it fun, reminding yourself not everything's going to be perfect. The grass is going to look greener on the other side often, but you've got to figure out how to water the grass where you're at, right? So don't expect perfection from your boss and don't expect perfection from your company. It's just not going to happen. So what you are going to find in this book, uh, three main things. One is going to be that ownership and pride in your work. Similar to Fish, but it's going to take it to a different level in in the sense of it's going to be helping you fine tune the concept that, that Disney is so good about, about backstage and on stage. And what that's referring to basically is backstage is where your boxes are going to be, where your sticky notes of little memos to your team or whatever it might be, encouragement notes, whatever it might be, that's all going to be backstage. But on stage, you want to be very aware of what your brand is representing, what your surroundings is saying to your guests as they come in. And so you don't want those boxes piling up everywhere. You don't want those sticky notes being all over your manager stand or a desk or something like that on stage needs to be very presentable to what you're trying to convey to that guest. So again, that brings it back to that ownership and that pride in that work. The second thing it's going to talk about is empathy. And and the empathy, I love this part, it's allowing guests to be wrong with dignity. Let me say that again, allowing guests to be wrong with dignity. Basically, we all get stupid questions, right? When we're in our job. In fact, Disney points out in here, again, this is not a Disney book, but they they reference a Disney part in here where a guest is asking, what time is the three o'clock parade? Well, duh, (laughs) three o'clock, right? That seems like a stupid question to us, but it's really helping us dive into what's the question behind the question. So perhaps what they're really asking is, where is the three o'clock parade? So Helping guests be able to ask some of those stupid questions help them to be able to be 
wrong and yet still keep their dignity is so important for that retention of that guest as well. And then number three, the relationships versus transactions. It's really focusing on building those relationships in whatever job, leadership role you're in versus just the day-to-day transactions that can become a part of every company, right? So this helps focus in on those wows that you can create as your company and empowering your people with the understanding that it's a privilege to wow your guest in whatever way you're doing that. So for example, uh, it doesn't even have to always be tangible of giveaways, you know, Uh, it can be I went on a cruise once and there was a a great server that we had. And instead of just coming and taking our order every time, uh, he would show up at first and he'd say, Hi, I'm a bus, not a train, not a car, a bus. And, and to this day, I not only remember his name, but I remember his service because it wasn't just about the transactional, it was about that relational, and that is so important. Now, what was kind of fun to add to that is we were with my parents' best friends' parents also, and his name was Oval. And so his quick-witted response, I wish I was quick-witted like this, but he said, I'm not a square I'm not a circle, I'm an oval. (laughs) So it was just perfect. I love the conversation. But getting back to those relationships that you can build with not only your guests, but then also with your leaders too. And we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit. But again, lessons from the mouse. Love, love, love this book. You're also going to talk about having fun on the job, which again, correlates with fish, uh, talking about attention in the detail also onboarding and hiring tips, and then even the culture. Uh, I love one of the, the quotes that it says, and I'm actually going to, to look this up and read it to you if I can find it real quick. It says, when a company puts a stake in the ground on what's expected, and the leaders model that behavior and link it to employee pride and recognition, that expectation or value can become second nature for everyone. So I love that, how it's just drilling in that concept of rewarding the behaviors you want to see, but then also clearly define the expectations you want to see so that you'll hopefully get them as just that second nature. They don't even have to really work at it because it becomes a part of your company culture. Definitely check this one out. If you want more on this topic, again, on Holly's highlights, uh, there is the season two, episode six is building, developing, and empowering teams. Now, along those lines, we're going to go into that care, as I was just talking about, that we show our guests, but we also want to show it to our team members, right? So one thing that we need to realize about ourselves, and this leads us into our third book, is our strengths. So now discover your strengths by Marcus Buckingham and Donald Clifton is a fabulous book for really honing in on your talents, on your strengths. Hello, the name of the book. Uh, Also help you just perform at a higher level, both personally and professionally. Own your own development is a huge key in here. But then I like how it it takes it a step further and how to communicate with others. So you're going to find out there's a lot of personality tests out there, right? There's the the five voices. There's the core where you have your banker and innovator and builder and merchant, all of these. But I, I feel like a lot of these other personality tests really put a label on you and kind of stick you in a box. Whereas one thing I really value, and again, they're great. I've taught on them. I've spoken on them. I've read the books. I've taken the tests. But I really value strengths because it's a little bit more broader. 
I feel like it's a little bit more individually personalized and then a little bit more applicable as far as how we're going to relate with others also. So Strengths is definitely a me, me, me book in the sense of how can I work on me? What am I? How can I know how I perform at my best or what I need to be involved in with a task to be able to fill my cup and also perform at the level that perhaps a boss expects you to or others for you as their leader expects them to. For myself, when I took this, I found out that I am a developer, a belief, achiever, responsibility, and a relator. So those five, that helps me really hone in onto what I need to be involved in when doing a task and how I need to approach it as to how I'm really going to be successful at it and overall turn in successful results for the company that I'm working with. So again, Strengths is a fabulous, fabulous read. We used to take this, I was I was uh, introduced to this book back again, early in my early 20s at one of my first companies. And I loved how each of us took the test and then we posted our results in our office window. So before we went into someone else's office, we could look at that and be reminded what they are. And that just helped us better communicate and relate with them. So I know if I go into someone's office and and data is very important to them, I don't need to go in with just the fluff of it all. I need to go in with the facts and the details of it because that's going to perhaps win them over or at least create that buy-in and engagement in that conversation and whatever I'm presenting to them. So again, strengths helps you identify you and how you can best work on things for you. Also talks about the balcony in the basement, you know, where you take these strengths and operate them in the balcony at your best, as well as how they can actually turn into a little bit of a negative of a basement, how you need to pull yourself out of that. So things to be mindful and watchful for. Again, if you're looking for more information on a book such as this or this topic, then Holly's Highlights has an episode, season two, episode four, three ways to use your personality assessment results. And I would recommend and looking into that also. Now, although this isn't going to be on my top five list, I do want to just reference here a little side reference, the book Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace by Gary Chapman and Paul White. The reason for this is because, yes, with strengths and personality tests of any kind, it focuses on me. How do I need to work on me? How do I communicate? How do I learn? How do I need to grow? But at some point in showing care to our, as a leader, to others that we work with, right, we need to convey care to them. And so that focuses on them, not us. That's where the love languages comes in. It really helps you identify, okay, is someone else into physical appreciation, quality time, gifts, acts of service, or words of affirmation. It helps you understand how they receive and and are communicated to that they're appreciated, that they are valued, that they are needed. Because you might be sitting here writing all of these thank you notes or encouragement notes or well done, congratulations, whatever it might be, and you give it to someone and to them, it, it meant nothing. You totally missed the mark. Well, why? Because there's there love language is not gifts, which a card could be received as a gift. It's not words of affirmation, which of course that would be in the card. In fact, it's physical touch. Now, don't freak out here. Physical touch in the workplace is quite appropriate. It's simply a high five. It could be a pat on the back. It could be a thumbs up. I used to work with a guy who, that's what he would say, my love language is physical touch. I literally need you to pat me on the back. And so we were aware of that. And we knew, okay, to give this person a kudos is to go and just pat them on the 
the back, right? So we need to learn the other people's love language. Again, if you want more information on that, season three, episode three of Holly's Highlights, there's a whole episode, a podcast episode on the language of love. And that really breaks this down, both personally in your personal life, as well as in the workplace, giving you some ideas and and how to convey those. Another one that I want to just reference, but again, won't be on my top five, is uh, going to be The Generosity Factor by Ken Blanchard and S. Truett Cathy. Now, why this? Because we were just talking about that care. This conveys that care as well, and just being a good steward of people. Because as leaders, that's what we are, right? The stewardship of, of the time, of the talent, of the, the finances, but of people too. And that can so often be missed that that is a part of our leadership is being a steward of people. So a, a quote that I value in here is that it's not about what we can do for ourselves and overall company profits, but seeing one's company purpose being to get in order to give. So I love how this just walks you through that whatever we get from the company, profits, uh, even tickets to things or whatever, how you can turn around and give that to your team, how you can turn around and give that being a part of your community and what that looks like. So the overall care. So again, not one of my top five, but I am going to put it in there in referencing with the whole strengths and love language. Why? Because we need to care, which is a part of that generosity factor. Now, number four right? Number four is going to be The Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. This is one of the thicker books. And honestly, this is not a favorite book. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Why did it make my top five? Because it does have a lot of takeaways that are going to be valuable. Not only takeaways you're going to take from it, such as one that I really like is the braving inventory. It applies to all leadership. It breaks down the word braving into boundaries and reliability, accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, generosity. And it can really help you as a team or even as a leader individually to look at a situation and go, you know what, our team has an issue with vault there. We need to work on that because that shouldn't have left this table. Or perhaps generosity. You know, I need to be a little bit more generous in, in this and not assume that that was the reasoning behind why this person did that or whatever it is. But I really like that, that braving inventory and how you can apply that again to, to any and all leadership. Even at home, I apply that as a leader, as a mom. So a great takeaway there. But another type of takeaway that they're going to have in, in the Dare to Lead book is that they're going to provide a link for you where you can actually go in and it has a link of resources. It has even a link to a workbook that you can download. So it has a lot of physical takeaways also that that you can take from that and uh, implement that into your leadership. So again, I really do like the Dare to Lead as far as a lot of takeaways within it that stood out and that were wow type factors. Uh, But again, it's a book that was a little longer, harder, not harder, but just I get bored. <laughs> so, so again, great takeaway. She's she's a brilliant woman, as we all know. Uh, but again, from this, you're going to get that cultivating the braver, more daring leaders, and really just embed the value of courage in your culture. Now, if you're wanting more on this type of a topic, again, Holly's highlights. Season one, episode one on how to be a leader others follow. There was a great epi- uh, episode, yeah, interview with Scott Harding, who is general manager of Larry H. Miller Honda in Murray, Utah. And he is, he's just one of those leaders that 
when he leads, when he goes somewhere, sorry, not leads, but when he goes somewhere, everyone wants to follow him. He's that type of leader that they're just like, I want to work for him. So that's a great episode to look at just how can you be a part of that daring to lead and being a leader that other people want to follow. That's that's huge. Which, of course, brings us over to book number five, and that is talking about influence, because a leader like that definitely has strong influence. So number five is going to be the world's most powerful leadership principles, and that is by James Hunter. Now, confession time, I'm still not all the way through this book. So I'm going to point out some key things on here that that I think are are really great that stand out. Uh, Influence definitely covers influence, uh, breaks down that leader versus manager. That's important to know the difference. There are so many people, in fact, we do a a little survey, a, a kind of an application process for those who want to step into a new leadership position. And one of the things that one of the people put on it was, I just want to manage. I want to manage people. I want to be the manager. And it, it's just like, oh, that scares us when we hear that because it's not, yes, managing is definitely part of leadership, but it's leadership. We're not looking just for someone to manage. We want someone to lead. And there's definitely a difference. And so this book breaks that down and really helps make it clear and what that is and packs a lot of depth into the differences of a manager versus a leader and and, and kind of how you can apply all of that. So it, it goes over your character. That's going to be key. That's in here as well. And then also the, the guts of it all is how to be a servant leader. So it's in capturing all of that influence. But at the bottom line is how do I be a leader who's willing to serve my team, uh, serve my fellow leaders, even serve those that are over me, that are above me in, in leadership roles, and of course, serve our, our guests, our clients, whomever you're working with. So number five, world's most powerful leadership principles. I am almost done with this. And, and this is not a hard read, okay? I'm not saying that it is. It's so good that I keep going back and rereading the same portions of just what else did I miss there, you know, and, and really pulling out some of those parts that, that I want to really reflect on and, and kind of chew on for a, a bit even after I've read that section. So again, great book here. Now, those are my top five, but I'm going to throw a bonus in here for you. Ah, we're so exciting, right? Now, the bonus is the Maxwell Leadership Bible by John C. Maxwell. Why is this in here? Well, this is it's really helping equip and encourage us to meet the challenges of today with the just the basic timeless principles of a dynamic leadership. From Genesis to Revelations, you guys, I love studying God's Word. I think that every single time that I go to study God's Word, I find something new or at least a new way to apply it. Or maybe it's even just a a situation that I'm going through that now it seems more applicable and it really stands out off of those pages. But from Genesis to Revelations, we're going to get that insight look of, of wisdom and guidance for all everyone who feels called to be a person of influence, which let's face it, you break it down. That's what a leader is. It's a person of influence. Now with this, I'm going to just kind of break it down a little bit more in, in revealing what you can expect from each chapter. It's going to be the Bible. Okay. You're not just reading a book. You are reading the Bible. But John Maxwell has done a fabulous job of going in and dissecting it into God's role in this this chapter and leaders in that chapter, other people of influence in that chapter, lessons that you can learn in that, I keep saying chapter, but I mean in that book, uh, lessons that you can learn in that book. It breaks down the leadership highlights 
for that book. And even the referencing the verses, the people that involve the page numbers that it's on. And then it even has little sections where it, it kind of dissects it even more into what you can gather from those chapters that are kind of around that area around that section on those pages. So again, I love this. I think it's a great one for again, anyone who feels called to be a, a leader of influence. So a person of influence this is a wonderful book to go through. Obviously, it's going to take you longer because you're going through the whole Bible. But what a a sweet perspective to look at, an eye-opening perspective to be able to read through the Bible and see it from a leadership view and go, wow, I didn't see that before. I never took that application from it. So again, all of these are are great resources. There are more, of course, that you could dive into that that go into different areas and even at deeper levels. Uh, One I like is the Patrick Lencioni Silos, Politics, and Turf Wars. I have to look at all my books that adorn my walls. Um, Some others are The Creative Fellowship by Jimmy Collins. There's a lot of, of great leadership books. I would love to hear from you also what leadership books that you like to read feel free to go onto Facebook or onto Instagram. On Instagram, it's at Holly Kirby. On Facebook, it's at Holly's Highlights. And in the comments of today's episode, you can go ahead and share with me your favorite leadership book. I would love to hear that. Uh, someone just shared with me one the other day, and it's now on on my, my list to add. In fact, I'm going to try and buy it in time for that leadership retreat that I'm going to. There's also a plethora of other books that I recommend and really dive into and, and unpack for you on what you can find in them and what you can get out of it, how you can grow with and through it. And that's all available on my website at hollykirby.com on the resources page. So if you want to check that out. Of course, the podcast, Holly's Highlights, you can go in and find a lot of different ideas there that will kind of go into these different paths that you want to go in and learn more about or just hear a little bit more about. I've referenced some of those. I'll make sure to put some more of those in the show notes. And then last but not least, if you are looking for leadership coaching, If you're wanting to grow and develop in your leadership role, if you have more, uh, want to have more positive impact in the teams that you work with and and those that you serve and lead, if you're wanting to reach your goals or just find out how do I attain this this higher lofty goal that is a little bit out of my stretch or my comfort zone or maybe has a, a time pressure with it, or if you just need a sounding board, someone who has the experience and uh, the knowledge behind it, education behind it, so forth, I would love to come alongside you and help you and your your team, uh, whatever works for you in leadership coaching, you can reach out to me for that on my website at hollykirby.com on the work with me page, or you can just send me an email at contact at hollykirby.com. And again, that's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y. But I hope that that you have a great time as you go through diving through all of these books and and more that I'm sure are adorning your walls as well. Some are on that to read list. And just know that you as a leader, you are valued. It's a very uh, underappreciative job at times where where you constantly have to be the the axe and yet uh, not the appreciation shown for a lot of the sacrifices and strain and pressures and stress that you take on, but then also that care because leaders, the best of the best leaders, care. And so thank you. Hear me say thank you for your leadership and your organization. Thank you for the teams that you lead. And thank you for the the desire to grow in your leadership because leaders never stop growing. There is always something to learn and grow in each and every day. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. 
I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.